this is Lance Leonard with the Sports Drive, and you're listening to Tom Talks Baseball. And welcome back to the Tom Talks Baseball podcast. I'm Tom Young. Thanks for finding us again here on Anchor, Spotify, Apple, Google, iTunes, wherever you listen to your podcast. Glad, as always, you can join us. We are Less than a week away from the start of the Major League Baseball season. Finally got a date in place the 23rd of July with that doubleheader opening things up on ESPN and then everyone else getting in action on that Friday. Very excited to finally have Major League Baseball going on. Now, we did an interactive podcast on our Facebook page on Thursday, a couple days ago, you can go to our Facebook page, Tom Talks Baseball Podcast, and watch that interview with our guest, Lance Lonner, joining me as well for that one. A lot of fun, as always, when he is on the show. We also got a YouTube channel going, and that's going to help out as well. If you don't have Facebook and want to participate in our interactive podcasts, you can subscribe to us on YouTube. Very new channel. Tried something a while back with it, but kind of got away from it. But I'm getting back into it because of our ability to do these interactive podcasts. So be sure to look us up there, Tom Talks Baseball Podcast, as well and as always you can follow us on twitter at tom talks bbp now if you haven't watched the video or don't have the means or ability to watch the video of our interactive podcast you're in luck i got it right here for you today in its entirety just going to play it beginning to end talking about baseball in taiwan how that country was able to tackle the covid19 pandemic get it pretty much under control perfectly and allow them to play a season a full season and at this point now with fans in the stands Daniel Shi, a University of Texas student and also Twitter manager for the Chinese Professional Baseball League was our guest on the podcast and for you today in case you missed it or don't want to watch the actual video in its entirety I have for you right here our interview with Daniel Shi from a couple days ago Enjoy. And hello, everybody. How's it going tonight? Tom Young with the uh, Tom Talks Baseball podcast. Of course, you can find us on Facebook like you're doing right now. Uh, Tom Talks Baseball podcast. Also on Twitter at Tom Talks BBP. Doing another interactive uh, podcast right now. Having a lot of fun with these. If you like what you're watching, uh, give us a comment. Let us know what you think about these. And also because it's interactive, you can join the conversation. Leave a comment or a question below and maybe we'll showcase it here on the show and get it answered for you. And also trying something new here. Uh, We're on YouTube right now, I believe. So I put a link up to that in uh, our Twitter at TomTalksBBP. So if you don't have Facebook, you can check us out on YouTube. It is definitely a very new channel. Not a whole lot going on there right now, but you can catch the live show if you want to uh, watch us there. If you like what you see, be sure to subscribe as we plan on doing more of these interactive podcasts down the road. Going to have a lot of fun tonight with our special guest, but first of all, joining me this evening, of course, you know him as host of the Sports Drive. You see it there in the upper left of your screen. Lance Lonner joining us. Uh, Lance, how's it going, man? Thanks for being here tonight. Well, I'm doing great. This should be a lot of fun tonight. I'm looking forward to it, Tom. It is definitely going to be a lot of fun. And as you can see, the picture behind us right now is actually from Taiwan. It is uh, part of the Chinese Professional Baseball League. And our guest this evening comes to us literally halfway across the world. His name is Daniel Shi. He is, uh, funny enough, here in, in Texas, he is very familiar with the state as he is a student at the University of Texas. But also, he manages the Twitter account for the Chinese Professional Baseball League. You can find them on Twitter, at CPBL. Daniel Shid joins us tonight. Daniel, thank you very much. I should say good morning to you because I believe you just woke up. Uh, it's uh, <laughs> approaching 9 o'clock uh, p.m. here. What time is it in uh, Taipei right now? It's uh, 9.30 a.m. in the morning, so 13-hour difference versus the central time here. And, and it's Friday right now. Yes, so. it is Friday, Friday okay. morning. So we are literally talking to someone in the future. You can, you can tell us how Thursday night went uh, a little bit later on. But uh, uh, we're, we're going to have a lot of fun tonight. We're going to talk about the CPBL. We're going to talk about how Taiwan has handled COVID-19 because that country, 
I'd say more than any other, has really handled this pandemic very well. But before we get there, Daniel, tell us a little bit about yourself. Why are you such a big baseball fan and how did you get involved with the uh, CPBL on Twitter? Yeah, so um, so my first years uh, following baseball was back in 2007, 2008. Um, I, I would say... I'm familiar with a lot of Taiwanese fans my age that, you know, Chiming Wong, who pitched for the Yankees, who um, won 19 games in two consecutive years, and I think was like second in the Cy Young uh, voting. Um, you know, he was like a hero for a lot of the Taiwanese fans back in the day. Um, and that's when I started watching baseball. Um, it was all over the news, all over the newspaper. Um, and, uh, and so that's how I started my first year of watching, like almost every single Yankee game was 2008, which is unfortunate. Cause that was like the first year, uh, that the Yankees did not make the playoffs since like the early 1990s. So, um, so, but I was able to keep, um, staying with the Yankees, even though, uh, Chiming Wong had left the Yankees due to injuries and they just decided not to extend him after the 2009 season. Um, so that's how I got into baseball um, in terms of the CPBL, you know, um, being a Townies sports fan or Townies baseball fan to be more specific. Um, CPBL, uh, it, I mean, is one of the first things you learn after you learn about uh, MLB. Uh, and so, um, Again, back in like 2007, um, I, I went to a baseball camp uh, for the Lanou Bears, which is the former team name of the Lamigo Bear, uh, Lamigo Monkeys, <laughs> which is the former team name of now the Rakuten Monkeys. And uh, so that's how I, you know, first got into the CPBL. Um, in 2008, our family moved to Beijing. And uh, there's absolutely no baseball in China, uh, in mainland China. If you go to uh, one of the largest, you can go to the largest uh, sports goods supermarket, like uh, Dick's Sporting Goods. There will be uh, merchandise on um, everything, uh, literally everything from crickets, uh, cricket to um some uh like horse riding you know what i'm saying so okay yeah um, it can yeah. be anything um but no baseball tools or bats or gloves whatsoever um but uh so i stopped you know it was easier to follow the mlb back then uh but you know obviously i was loosely following the cpp until this year uh when i came back to taiwan due to the pandemic uh, the CPBO became the first league to start the season uh, in the world. Um, and uh, I, um, I, the CPBO was getting a lot of international attention. And so I was fortunate enough to be caught in the whole storm when this, the league and the teams were hiring uh, English-speaking uh, people to run social media accounts to do all kind of stuff. So, um, so I, I kind of got, I kind of got lucky there. And, uh, so that's how I started. And you can see right now, he's talking about this, the CPBL, uh, th this is video from just, this isn't last year. This isn't a couple years ago. This is like about what, 50 hours ago that right. this happened. The, uh, CTBC brothers won the uh, first half, uh, title. And it sounds like your league is kind of constructed the same way that like, uh, uh, we have a double a baseball team here in town, the Amarillo Sob Poodles, they play in something called the Texas league and they have kind of a first half champion as well. After 70 games, whoever wins that goes to the playoffs and the brothers did that here and watching this video from a couple of days ago with what's happening here in the United States. It's crazy to think that you're even doing this. Because you, you got, look, everyone's hugging each other, celebrating the, the victory. You got fans in the stands. I love the streamers, by the way. I would, I, we need to adopt the streamers here for uh, whenever we have teams uh, clinching playoff <laughs> spots. That's awesome. Uh, but yeah. obviously, so 
go ahead, Lance. I'm just curious, Daniel, do they hand out a streamer to every fan or do they purchase that? Or how'd you guys do that? How do they do that? Um, so I've never actually been a part of that ceremony, you know, throwing okay. the ribbon. Uh, uh, but it is a, it's not just a Taiwanese baseball thing. Um, it's, you know, in every sport in Taiwan, uh, when even like in badminton, like, or, or, or some other smaller sports, um, you will see teams throwing out ribbons when they win a championship. Um, so I'm not, I see, that's the question I wonder a lot too. Um, do the teams hand them out? Do, do, uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure the players get the ribbons from the team. Yeah. Um, but uh, I would say I, I think the team had probably did their part in terms of giving out the, the ribbons. Um, uh, I mean, there are there will be fan clubs that's more or less associated or um, very passionate fan clubs that would go out there and buy them in bulk and then hand them out in the stadiums. So um, I can't tell you like the team spotted definitely and that they gave it to the fans. But it is a universal thing in Taiwan in terms of celebrating a championship by throwing streamers. Uh, yeah, into the field. Very cool. Yeah. I like it a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Seriously, we need to adopt that here. That, 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 that even, man. I like that. Yeah, exactly. So uh, we're chatting with Daniel Shea. Uh, he is a University of Texas student, uh, so he's very familiar with the state of Texas. Uh, very hot here right now in Amarillo. We just got done with like seven straight days of 100 degree heat. So, of course, if you're in uh, Austin going to school, you're familiar with that, too. But what's Taiwan yeah. like right now? What's the weather uh, as we speak in Taipei? Um, so, first of all, um, I've never understood the Fahrenheit system. Okay. So, let's start with that. I, I mean, yeah. I understand, like, <laughs> like, I understand it's hot, like, over 100 degrees. Like, I get a, I get a feeling of how hot like 100 degrees or, or 90 degrees or um, 40 degrees mean but um, but in Taipei uh, it's a lot more humid than, than Texas uh, it's it's starting to get around 35 degrees Celsius which I think with my totally non-professional math I would say it's somewhere around 80 to 100 degrees I would say Fahrenheit um, which is a pretty large gap, um, but it's 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 humid, so um, it, it's uh, pretty hard to. I mean, I would say uh, I would rather be in Texas where it's dry rather than in humidity and it's hot. Um, however, for the uh, for the players, um, the the so-called the minor league, the CPBL minor league, which is Technically, it's called the Future Series, but it's easier to understand if you call it the CPBL Miners. Um, they actually play starting like 1 p.m. in the southern part of the island, which is normally hotter than Taipei. Wow. Um, uh, so, and actually, none of the teams in the CPBL play in technically Taipei City. So, okay. um, so uh, Taipei is a little bit more different than most of the other cities in Taiwan because it's surrounded by mountains. To mountain terrains so it's hot it's harder for uh wind to come in so it's it's just like a huge pot of you know hot air humid, <laughs> humid air um Ball but uh, a lot of the other cities are a little bit less hot pottish so um, it is still hot out there but as soon as it gets into the night it, you know when winds come in um it, it will be a lot better there um in taipei is just humid um it's getting harder and harder to put masks on uh for a long time in the public however we still put our masks on because we still understand it's important uh to control is that's important part to control the pandemic that's definitely something that we want to talk about first of all uh dsj oh, homestead oh, thanks for watching uh yes Hey, he's, there you go. Yeah. There's our comparison. So it's probably about the same, but you got the humidity there. So, uh, yeah, dry heat is a little nicer than uh, humidity. But thanks yeah. for watching tonight, DSJ. Yes. And also, hey, uh, guys, so at 35 Celsius, it's 95, okay, in the, in the, when you uh, do the math. 
Okay. Now that's thanks to Google. So we'll Google. Yeah. <laughs> Google coming through in the clutch there. And uh, Daniel, yeah. you talked about masks, and th- and that's one of the reasons yeah. I wanted to get you on tonight. Because here in the United States, a week from tonight, we are going to finally get our season underway. Uh, Major League Baseball. Instead of playing a full one sixty-two, we're playing a little bit more than a third of that at uh, sixty games. And even though teams are practicing in their home stadiums. Uh, They're doing a spring training part two. We have players opting out. We have other players thinking about opting out, concerns about how the testing is going here in the United States. Uh, COVID-19 cases are on the rise throughout the country. Uh, We still have a lot of our major sports. In fact, all four major sports aren't playing right now. Baseball is going to be the first one back. But in Taiwan, you guys are going. And as you saw with the video there and as you saw with the picture before we went uh, live here, you got fans in the stands because the country of Taiwan, um, they did something right. And that's what I want to find out from you. So you you were over here going to school at UT. Uh, how long were you over here when COVID-19 was a thing? And then when you went back, uh, did you notice any big differences how both countries were handling the pandemic? Yeah, yeah. Um, so uh China's first case, I mean, that's controversial, but basically Taiwan was alarmed by China's first case in January, um, which is before I left Taiwan and went back to the U.S. for the semester, for the spring semester. So uh, when I left Taiwan back in January, uh, it was, you know, I thought I was leaving, I was going to a safer place. Um, which ended up not being the case. I had to leave for the safer place for uh, twice in the span of three months. Um, I came back to Taiwan in March uh, during the spring break. Um, UT extended the spring break by one week uh, because of the pandemic. Uh, so people, uh, so the, the school have a chance to plan for uh, online courses. Um, I'll tell you a story though. I When I came back, um, there was a mandatory 14 day quarantine that you had to stay at home. Uh, if you're living with your family, well, you cannot be living by yourself uh, okay. if you're in a home quarantine. So therefore you, be, you must be living with a family. Hmm. You're not allowed to leave your room even uh, at your home. Uh, there will be, uh, every day there will be somebody from the county office calling you by uh, via cell phone to make sure you're set, you're healthy. They will be asking you if you have any symptoms uh, or, or uh, you know, if you, if you need any food, um, you know, they, if, if you require, if you request it, they will send you masks and, uh, uh, um, you know, uh, uh, oof, instant noodles or, or ramen or, or food that you may need to get through those 14 days. Uh, and uh, you're not allowed to share a same bathroom with other people in your family. Uh, so, so, and so basically, they they make sure you have enough bathrooms in your house before they let you in the country. <laughs> uh, and uh, if you don't have enough bathrooms in your house, uh, then you'll be, you know, they will require you to go to a hotel, uh, which which would be like a quarantine hotel, which they had a contract with the government. So 14 days of home quarantine, they have your phone number because uh, if you don't give them your phone number, you're not allowed to get in. Wow. Uh, uh, they will call you up, right? You're not allowed to leave your house with your phone because they track your phone. Uh, um when they call you every single, you know, every day they call you at a different time. If they can't contact you, they go to the police and the police will track or try to find you. And it, it, I mean, and then they will find you. I forgot how much it was, but it was something around a couple hundred dollars, us dollars. If wow. they can't find you, if they find out your phone left the, left the apartment or your house, they will find, they'll track you down and they'll find you. Um, <laughs> and so, uh, so that's, you know, that's a pretty good indication of how things are happening in Taiwan. Uh, we locked, so we we stopped uh, the borders from Chinese uh, nationals or people from China, I think, 
back in mid or late January. Um, uh, we stopped people coming in from Europe and America a little bit later, uh, actually a bit later than the curve would indicate. Um, there were a, a wave of imported cases back when I was coming in, in because that's when Europe started the pandemic. The U.S. was about to start, and people like me were trying to come, you know, uh, flee back to Taiwan. Um, but uh, this this may sound crazy to you. Uh, the maximum amount of cases in one day, so maximum of daily uh, increase in cases, was twenty four. Whoa. And then that, uh, that's for the whole, that's the whole country. Uh, one yes. day. No, yeah, that's not Taipei or, or, or some, you know, just once that's the whole country. The, and we, I mean, we were freaking out about 24 cases, you know, we wow. weren't sitting back and going like, ah, it's just 24. So, uh, so yeah, it, it's, I, I, I think, I think in my opinion, we realized that Superman ain't coming down to save us, you know what I'm saying? Like, there was uh, the people were pretty united um, with the government. Uh, the government was rationing face masks since January. That was controversial because uh, uh, because uh, you know there were people saying, "Why aren't you donating masks to the mainland?" Um, because they were having a, a worse pandemic than Taiwan. Um, when they started rationing, um, each individual, each national Taiwanese national would get. I like five masks in two weeks. Um, but I mean, it's guaranteed. So, and it's, I mean, I don't even remember how much it costs because it basically costs nothing. Like you still have to pay a fee, but it's not like a hundred dollars for five masks. Um, so right now it's at nine masks for t every two days. So you can go to a pharmacy, oh, wow. like a government uh, sponsored pharmacy uh, which is pretty popular, pretty common. You can go there, you give them your uh, national insurance card, the IC card, and then they'll give you nine masks and you'll be good for two days. Um, so that's, you know, so we get masks every, we get guaranteed masks every week, every two weeks. Um, and back in June, they also opened up for the, um, for the, uh, businesses that sell face masks to sell them by, by themselves. But before June, all of them face masks that were made, produced in domestic, uh, domestically in Taiwan was, um, you know, they were had, they had to give it to the government so they can ra uh, rationalize it. Well, they could give it out as rations to all the Taiwanese nationals. So all 23 million people in Taiwan gets nine face masks every 14 days. That's amazing. And, and, I need to ask at this as well. Uh, back in January, uh, when this whole thing was about to start, and obviously we understood how face masks were important, and that's why they were rationing it. One day, the uh, the domestic produced face masks was making at a rate of six million face masks per day. Now it is up to twenty million oh, from wow. January. So, um, so yeah, so the government was buying machines or 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 parts of machines, and then coming in and then. They were hiring uh, or deputizing the businesses to put them together and making them. So the production went from six million to, I think right now it's at twenty million more or less. Um, and so that's how we were able to. That's how they were able to ration it among the nationals. And that's how. That's that's how also how they kept the hospitals from having uh, short of. Uh, face masks they basically always had enough face masks for a week i think the the worst part was they only had it for a week and then they were able to extend that over like gradually as the production went up so daniel when you go to a game let's say one of the baseball games does everybody enter with a mask on so uh um when i first so when i st i started with a cpbo in early may I think a week into it, they opened it up for a thousand people per game. Okay. So that's uh, yeah, yeah. At first, it didn't start with fans. Yeah, at first, it, it did not have fans back in April. Um, it they gradually opened up the league did. Um, so at first, it was a thousand fans, and you had to wear face masks. Okay. Um, throughout the game, I think about three or four weeks after uh, the 
CDC, Tony CDC opened up the guidelines. The league had been uh, contacting and talking with the CDC. So, um, and then they opened up to 2,000 fans, uh, and you can you can eat in the stadiums, but you can only buy foods within the stadium. So they make sure you're not buying stuff from outside. You're not contact having more contact with other people because there was still a little, little bit of a community spread threat back then. Yeah. Um, and then uh, after about a, a couple of more weeks, they opened up to half, basically 50% capacity of the stadium. So there were no heart number uh, capacity anymore. Um, and uh, you're allowed to bring food from outside the stadiums. In the stadiums, when you're at your seat, you don't need to wear a face mask. Um, but if you leave your seat, like you go to the vendors or you go to the restroom, you have to wear a mask. So when you're in the concourse and stuff like that, technically you have to wear a mask. Um, but when you're at your seat, um, you can have your, you can eat, you can do whatever you need, and you can take a mask off. It is getting harder to, again, like I said, it's getting harder to have masks on because it's getting hotter, it's getting more humid. Um, so uh, yeah. that's why, part of the reason why they opened up. Is there a lot of resistance among citizens uh, with uh, the, you know, like if it's a mandate wearing masks out in public, are people fighting it or is everybody pretty compliant with it? Um, I would say if uh, the U.S. is about, uh, on scale to 100, zero to 100, the U.S. is 50%, you know, 50% of people don't want to wear masks, you know, 50% of people do wear masks. Uh, I would say in Taiwan is about 5% of the people that don't wear masks. Wow. Uh, back in the day when, when it was a huge, like when it was starting, you know, when it was a lot more uh, dangerous than it is now. Uh, right now it's about 70, 60, 40, 70, 30 in terms of masks and no masks. But that's ha that's in public. Like when normally when people are, are in a more, uh, um, crowded indoor space. You need to wear masks. It's mandated that you need to wear masks in public transports. Um, so buses, metros, subways, whatever, or whatever. But then obviously there's AC in those, so it's a lot easier. Um, there isn't as uh, at near as much of a pushback on masks, even when it started. And I'll tell you why. Uh, SARS in 2003 hit Taiwan pretty hard um, and a lot of the Asian countries pretty hard. Um, it never got to the States. So, um, you know, there's actually a study, I think, that um, countries that was hit by SARS had a much, have a much better response of COVID-19 because SARS was back in 2003. So it was like 17 years ago. People still remember stuff back uh, from that pandemic. Um, and people realize that masks are important. The government knows that. The people knows that. So, um, so actually, people were going out and buying masks rather than not buying them. So that's why, like, there was a shortage of masks, and that's why the government had to ration it, or else the price was gonna go was gonna soar through the roof, and um, crazy stuff was gonna happen. So. Um, yeah, masks are people were wearing masks from uh, early in the pandemic. The the, uh, the, the CPBL, um, of course, you know, with this going on, they're probably trying to think ahead a little bit too. Hey, in a COVID nineteen world, how are we going to keep players safe? How are we going to keep uh, organizations safe? Was there a threat of the season being delayed or not happening at any point? Or right. was Taiwan's response so great that there was really no threat of any sort of delay in the season? Yeah, there was a delay in the start of the season. Um, I can't remember. I think it was delayed for about a month. Um, again, I came back to Taiwan in March 18th. Um, and back then, that was like the biggest spike uh, of the pandemic. Um, and, uh, you know, even though we only had 24 daily cases for, I mean, it w for about uh, a five-day period, it was like from 18 to 24 daily cases. And uh, even though it sounds low now, uh, it is still, for us, it was the largest number we had seen. So we were uh, pretty nervous for that. Uh, 
I think normally the normally the season starts in late March. They pushed it back, so it started. At, I can't. I don't remember the exact dates again. But um, this the season started in April. It started about. Uh, they started about three or four weeks later than usual, and that's why there won't be an All Star game this week, uh, this year, because um, they wanted to get all 120 games in, uh, and also the normally the the season ends after you know the the Taiwan series ends in October. This year will more like more likely end in November. So they basically push back a, a, a whole month for the season. Um, and also they canceled the all-star break. The mid-season break is a little, a little bit shorter. There's no all-star game this, this year. So, um, so yeah, there was a delay, um, but obviously we were able to have all 120 games in. What had to take place in order? Well, first of all, how many games did you go without fans, if any? And then what had to take place in order for fans to be allowed back into ballparks? Yeah, so I I would say it was about a month of no fans um, okay. in the CPBL. Um, so the league had been working with the CDC, our, our CDC here, um, in terms of what guidelines needs to happen. Uh, you know, what are the restrictions for fans in the stadium? There was a lot of negotiations between the league and the government, as you can imagine, um, even just to start the season because they need to make sure the players are safe, the personnel, the staff personnel are safe. Um, and obviously, uh, you know, the teams and the league was dying for fans to come in. Um, I mean, you've, you've watched a couple of CBBL games. Um, the fans are a very important part of the atmosphere at the games. Uh, and so having no fans at first, it was new, but, you know, a couple of weeks into it, um, it was just too quiet for the CPBL, you know? <laughs> so um, uh, so they had to do a lot of negotiations. Um, the first the first open up, so again, uh, they've opened up to, 10, uh, to 1,000 fans per game. There had to be... Each fan has to be one row from each other. So, like, fans, no fans, fans, no fans in rows. And they have to be at least two or three seats apart at the same row. Or something along those lines. They have to be, you know, at, they're probably, like, 10 or 15 feet from each other. So, no high fives, obviously. They were dancing, um, but no high fives, uh, uh, no hugging in public. Is there People are too far from each other. Um <laughs> When they opened up to 2,000 fans, it's a little bit the same, uh, but the uh, space from each other was a bit smaller. You can yeah. take your masks off when you're eating okay. and uh, having water, but um, all, all the other times you have to have masks on. Um, all only Fans were only allowed to be in the infield at that moment. Obviously, there were only 1,000 or 2,000 fans, but it's also that means less people working at the concourse, right? Um and then when they opened up to 50% capacity, the reason why I say it's 50, 50%, um, technically there, was, uh, there were no limits on the capacity except for one rule, which is you need to be sitting in crisscross patterns with each other. So seat, no seat, seat, no seat, seat, no seat, technically. Um, obviously, when you, if you're a couple or your family, you're allowed to sit together. Um, so like there are like exceptions to those rules. Um, but so if, you know, crisscross patterns, when you think about it, um, it's around 50% capacity, uh, two games before the game we just showed with the ribbon, um, uh, there were two games that broke 10,000 people in attendance. Uh, and one game was in, uh, the brothers home field in Taichung and one in the monkeys' home field in Taoyuan. So, um, and that's around because twenty thousand capacity is about as big as it gets here. So that's a, probably the max capacity that that they could get. Um, so uh, yeah, if you look at the video now, it I mean they're not like it could be fuller, like it could be more con condensed. Um, See, the way uh, it looks, it looks like it is pretty full. Like like just the, <laughs> with the way the camera angle works there. Yeah, yeah, um, which is like. Uh, you know, it's probably very hard to imagine from the states now, but um, yeah, that this is about fifty percent capacity, and uh, 
this is as full as it can get right now. I'm not sure if they will open up even more to full capacity, but um, but right now people need to be sitting in crisscross patterns. What's the seating capacity for that place, for instance? That's about twenty thousand. So um, uh, I, again, I I forget the actual figure, but um, I think it was around ten thousand and seven hundred people in yeah. the in the stadiums. Uh, see, this is just the infield. The outfield was almost full as well, but full of brothers fans in yellow. This is um, these are monkeys fans uh, okay. in the infield. Um, but yeah, so this you're seeing about. 60% of the entire fans in that stadium uh, for in this, I was there at the game. This, I took the, I took these videos. So um, uh, yeah, 20,000 is about as big as it gets. Taijong is also 20,000. Uh, uh, so 50% of that will be about 10. I mean, I was surprised it went past 10,000, mm, but um, yeah, but it was pretty amazing. We, I mean, think about, you know, 10,000 fans in a stadium. Uh, I mean, that's a to me. That's probably that's probably a landmark. Like we yeah. went from zero to thousand to open up crisscross patterns, and now ten thousand. Yeah, I think we're just hoping to even play a game. That, that's that's <laughs> kind of that, that, that kind of seems to be the, the thought here in the in the states right now. Is you know we, we got the season slated to start a week from today, but a lot of people. Don't know if we're going to get through all 60 games. And then if baseball doesn't, well, then what about the next season? Football. Right. That's, the, that's the big one here, as you know, being down at a yeah. UT. Uh, you know, if, if there's no football in the United States. <laughs> there you uh, go. <laughs> but uh, yeah, a lot so, of Texas Tech fans up here, Daniel. Uh, <laughs> okay, we own you guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not who. Not who. No, yeah, no, not who. <laughs> well, it, it hey, sounds like. Well, go ahead, Lance. Go yeah, ahead. Yeah, I was going to ask Daniel. Are the are the players themselves? Are they uh, popular? Are they national treasures? Are they very famous athletes throughout the country? Um, sports at sports industry in general isn't as big. Um, you know, in Taiwan versus the states, um, even proportionally. Um, okay. So. Uh, you know, I mean, you obviously you have people you have people that don't know anything about baseball. You even if you know baseball, there will be a portion of baseball fans that only watch ML the MLB. Now this year might be different because the CPB is the only thing that's going on. Yeah. Um, but um, but you know, the more people are uh, players that have played for the national team would have much bigger uh influence or popularity than those who don't um so uh Lin Zhisheng, who is uh playing uh dh one first base for the brothers he was a big part of the national team back back then uh so uh so he i mean he's very very popular here um so you know playing on the national team you know it will be in a big step to um, getting your popularity up um, versus the states where the national team at the pro level isn't really that big there. Um, so same with, you know, basketball, you know, you talk about the dream team, but last couple of Latin, last couple of competitions, the dream team isn't that dreamy anymore. Uh, yeah. uh, obviously those are NBA <laughs> stars, but, yeah. but, but it isn't like LeBron. And, team. Yeah, yeah. Right. Right. So, um, so and, and the reason for that is uh, you guys don't need a national team to show that you're good at baseball. You have the MLB, you know, for for Taiwanese, for Koreans, for Jap for Japan, uh, for smaller baseball countries that are passionate in baseball. You know, playing well in the international stage is important. Um, so uh, so people tune into the national team games if they're if they play well, it's all over the national media news media. So. Um, uh, so, uh, I mean, among the CPBL world, obviously the stars are big, obviously yeah. the, you know, they have all the merchandise, uh, that, that you need, um, domestically, it hasn't <laughs> been, we haven't been doing too much overseas, uh, shipping yet, but, um, but yeah, in, in general, uh, the fans are popular within, uh, there will be a couple, probably about 
a, a list of 10 to 15 players that people outside of the baseball world might know. Um, I mean, still it depends on how far they are from baseball. Um, and uh, But even proportionally, uh, sports isn't as big in Taiwan as, as the States or, or soccer in Europe. What, real quick, what is your national – what do you consider your national sport in Taiwan? Uh, baseball. Baseball okay. is national sport. Um, it, I mean, we were talking about this on my podcast. Um, base, you know, baseball is probably the most successful pro professional sport in, in Taiwan. I say that because it is probably the successful, only successful sports league as of right now. Basketball is starting their, their new sports league, their new league, professional league. But before to this year, they play in semi-professional in a semi-professional league. Um, badminton is professional, but it is not uh, as big at all. Uh, and uh, uh, so, baseball is probably the only sport in Taiwan domestic pro league that can get thousands of fans into, into games regularly. Um, however, it is still, uh, you know, in the, you know, if it's in a full development calendar, it is still in its infancy. We're approaching our 31st year. Uh, this is our 31st year. So um, comparing to the MLB, even the KBO or the uh, NPB, which is the, the Japanese league, um, it's still a little, a little behind but within Taiwan is probably the most developed sports industry. Have you noticed a little bit of an uptick in popularity this year because of the fact that you were one of the first ones to get going? Uh, I know here in, in the States, we got the KBO on ESPN right now, as a DSJ Homestead pointed out. Uh, you know, we, we got those games on really early in the morning live. Uh, have you noticed fans from outside of Taiwan kind of jumping on board of the CPBL a little bit just because they're starving for some baseball? I'll tell you a little secret. Uh, the fact that overseas fans are watching the CPBL is probably the only reason I have a job right now. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> uh, working for the league. <laughs> um, there were very little attention being put on the CPBL probably other than, you know, baseball, baseball fanatics, like, or, or scouts or, or um, uh, you know, people working at baseball reference or base, you know. So, um, uh, so at the start of the season, uh, when you know when when the news about the CPBO is starting to go uh, to starting to uh, uh, be promoted abroad, um, I think I mean I can speak for myself only. I mean I was surprised as of how much attention we were getting. Um, obviously now KBO being on ESPN that took a hit on our uh, popularity among overseas fans. Um, but still, I mean, it's, it is still a, a big jump from, uh, a in terms of overseas attention. I mean, I, I mean, without the CPBL, uh, being, you know, without the CPBL playing and, and being still among conversations in, in over uh, baseball fans overseas, I won't be on this podcast, right? Like you wouldn't, you wouldn't have known about the CPBL, um, and we wouldn't have connected. So, um, so Yes, it has been a big jump of uh, popularity overseas for the league. You, you mentioned Chin Ming Wong earlier, one of the reasons you got into baseball. Is there a player right now in the CPBL that you think at some point can maybe make a jump over here in the MLB, someone that we should be paying attention to? Um, ooh, that's a um, – more people come back from the from the states than going abroad. Okay. Um, for the CPBL, uh, but if I mean, so if I if I have to pick one, um, Huang Enzi playing starting pitcher for the brothers. He had been lights out this year in the first half of the season. Obviously, um, he's a young pitcher, so obviously we have to wait to see how consistent he is. Um, but um, uh, normally. Uh, in most circumstances, the best high school players or college players uh, in Taiwan, most of the time, they go to Japan, the states first, and uh, um, and depending how on how they do or how far they go, um, uh, if they're stuck at a level or or they don't they uh, you know they they're not going up anymore. 
sometimes they come, most of the time they come back uh, to the CPBL and they enter the draft. Uh, uh, if you're Indians fan, uh, CC Lee, Lee Zhenchang, uh, who's now the closer for the brothers, he pitched for the Indians uh, back in the day. Uh, uh, Lin Zhexuan, uh, who played the outfield for the Red Sox for a couple of games. Uh, he also uh, came back from the States. Um, so there were a couple of players that that that, uh, that played in the, the States or Japan, and they, they come back to the CPBL. Um, the other way around is a little bit more rare. Um, it also has to do with the the rules to, that they have. You have to play in the CPBO for three years in order to have a chance to negotiate with overseas uh, teams from overseas about a trade. What kind of salaries do they make? Um, not not a lot comparing to the MLB. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I mean, n the contracts are not as. Um, transparent in the CPBL versus the MLB, um, but the I mean the disparity between a rookie contract versus a contract like uh, you know for, uh, of a player that's made the major leagues um, before it mm -hmm. it's it's pretty big. The gap is pretty big. Um, I don't pay attention to the contracts per se because um, it, they change a lot. The CPBL salary changes a lot changes a lot. But, um, you know, a, a star would make, you know, a couple, uh, about 10 or $20,000 a month. Um, yeah. So, I mean, but th those are like the big stars we're talking about, like the, the top the echelon yeah. of, of the players. Um, obviously, if you're uh, a rookie, you're playing in the future series squads, the, the salaries are a lot different. Well, we're chatting with Daniel uh, Daniel Xia, who is the uh, Twitter manager for the uh, Chinese Professional Baseball League. You can check that out on Twitter at CPBL, also a, a University of Texas student. Uh, Daniel, thank you very much for joining us tonight, or I should thank say uh, this morning, uh, <laughs> as you are currently in, in Taipei. Uh, so you're waking up this morning. You know, here we maybe go out and get some pancakes, some bacon, some eggs, some sausage. What's the go-to breakfast in Taiwan? What are you What yeah. are you having this morning? Uh, egg rolls, cheese egg rolls. Oh, okay, uh, that sounds good. Yeah, it's a little bit like uh, <laughs> does, as if, a matter of fact. If, if Taiwanese people are watching this, they will hate me for this, but it's a little bit like a tortilla. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not the same as a tortilla, but a little bit like a tortilla, a better version of tortilla, um, because we're in Taiwan, and then eggs, and then like a couple of sliced cheese. Um, and then like you, you pan fry it and then you roll it up and then you cut it. Um, uh, and then you, you add that with some soy milk. It's a uh, pretty dope. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Daniel, Daniel, there's a lot of baseball traditions here in America, you know, like the seventh inning stretch, the national anthem before a game, things like that. Can you take us through, are there some traditions in Taiwan that, uh, happen if I, if I was attending a game? So there will be no singing during the seventh inning. Uh, uh, the intermission, uh, there'll be more stuff happening during intermission. Uh, okay. uh, they, they, you know, how it, obviously if you watch MLB or American baseball in America, they do grounds work after the third and the sixth inning. In the CBBO, they do one time, do it once, the big one, after the fifth inning. So like at intermission. Um, and... Um, so that takes a while. Uh, so that's when the cheerleaders will be having their yeah. uh, routines. Um, so cheerleaders are a thing in Taiwanese baseball. Speakers will be coming through. Uh, music will be coming through the uh, the speakers even during the pitch. Um, I've covered uh, quite a really? bit of NCAA basketball. So. Uh, football and also watch a lot of football if you watch football you know that like when when the ref blows the whistle that's when the music has to stop and it all has to be from the fans even the band has to stop right but um uh in the cppl uh the music can be played even during the pitch during the at bat whatever you need it is to be honest i'll tell you this um 
I can't, I went back to watch game five of the NLDS between the Nationals and the Dodgers uh, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, and so again, one of the probably one of the best games, best atmosphere for uh, for the MLB the whole year. And I went back to watch some of the highlights, and it seemed quiet. Like, <laughs> you know, it was it was. I mean, I was like, I bet I'm. There needs to be some music or some, and, and it's not like obviously they're not like uh, a jazz music. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah. those are like those <laughs> are like playing. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine they're playing Beethoven during. That yeah, yeah. But, um, but uh, yeah, it's it's uh, EDMs or pop music, and they're dan- uh, the cheerleaders are dancing during the music. Uh, most of the time, the music are played when the home team is at is at a bat is in uh, um, because. Obviously, they're not playing music to cheer the batter when they're pitching. Um, so it's a little bit more quiet when they're uh, out there playing defense. Um, but be aware of the music. Be aware of the cheerleading, the dancing, a lot of shouting. I mean, we're not talking about like this one dude sitting behind the dugout saying, talking trash to Clint Kershaw. You know, it's yeah. it's um, it's a lot of shouting, a lot of a scene in unison um and uh it's it's more of a party scene i would say rather than uh you know get off my lawn i just want to watch baseball (laughs) (laughs) well with that in mind uh how did the players react to no fans like if they're already used to a bunch of this other stuff happening did they did it really affect them because there's some concerns about how that might affect the players here in the states without fans that extra ambiance ambiance that noise if you already had music playing anyway did were, did they really notice yeah i mean obviously they w- you would notice even watching the broadcast um uh i mean it's a huge difference i'm um, just watching those empty seats uh would would, would be a difference um and 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 the funny thing is even during no fans there were ch- leaders in the stands and i'm not sure who they're cheering towards <laughs> you know, they were they were dancing they were dancing into the field um uh, but obviously players are technically uh focused on the game um uh at first when the season started the the players or the my my, my vibe was that the players were um they were they were happy just to play a, a season or to play baseball but a couple of couple of uh weeks into it you know it starts it's starting to get dry you know it's you know the fatigue of not having no fans started to come out um and uh uh uh, you know i mean again like you said having fans in the stadiums and having like music and stuff like that is pretty uh, it's it's pretty an important part uh uh, just look at this right here you got the cheer you got a player with the cheerleaders just dancing (laughs) He just made a diving catch and now he's doing uh like uh, like some weird Macarena or something. It's yeah, and, and it's, the fans it's, are loving it's the it. MVP ceremony after each game. So if the oh, okay. if the home team wins so they do a date you know, game MVP for each game. Yeah. And if the home team wins, obviously the MVP goes to the a player on that team on the team that wins. And so if it's a home team, they do a ceremony and then they do the dance or, uh, I like the signing <laughs> of the camera. There. Yeah. 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 That's so, a, so that's it, a monkey's thing though, I think. Uh, and a lion's thing. Um, they don't do that for everybody. Well, I will say just one thing I, I've seen here, just going through some of the videos, uh, chatting with Daniel Shea, you can find out a lot of the stuff that he does, uh, on Twitter at CPBL. He posts a lot of the great videos and pictures for what's happening around the league. You know, one thing we have a minor league baseball team here in Amarillo, the Amarillo Saab Poodles. And one great thing about minor league baseball we've learned is that even if you're not necessarily a baseball fan, there is still a lot of other things happening throughout the course of the game that can get you involved and get you to enjoy what's happening. Looks like the CPBL is kind of the same way. Like if I was not a baseball fan, it still looks like a big old party, you know, with just a baseball game that happens in between. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And, and the monkeys right now, the recruiting monkeys before this year, they were called the Lamigo monkeys. Um, you know, they they came up with a lot of these ideas. They changed how the CPBL fan atmosphere was. Um, they were one of the first teams that that picked a stadium and 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 just uh, 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 did, 
dedicated that as their home stadium. At first, mm. it was games happening all over Taiwan. You know, they want to make sure fans around the country have uh, have a chance to watch the games. But the the monkeys they picked Taoyuan as their stadium, and they stayed there for uh, ever since I think 2013 or 2011. I forgot the year again. I'm very bad with with specifics. <laughs> but I mean, they're the ones that 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 you know decided that you know at first um, before they did this. It was the th first base dugout was uh, fans of one team. The third base dugout was fans of another team, and they were like they would chant against each other so to make sure that they're louder, you know. Um, but they were the first team that decided that the entire infield is ours, and so you uh, you away fans could go to the outfield and be <laughs> far away from the action. Um, and they were also, uh, you know. They they also brought in pop stars after the game, so they will have concerts after the game. Oh, so wow. if you're a fan of the pop star, you would buy a ticket to the game, maybe catch the baseball game, or maybe just wait for the concert. Uh, but basically, watch the baseball game, and then maybe they like the atmosphere. If they get to like the atmosphere, they would come in for a couple more games. But um, but you know they were really uh, they were really active in finding pop stars and and trying to come have them to have concerts or do magic shows after games or have players come out and sing after games. <laughs> uh, they were one of the first teams to have, to do a collaboration with the ministry of defense here in the, here in Taiwan. Um, flyovers are not as usual in Taiwan versus the States. So they were one of the first teams that actually uh, uh, coordinated with the, with the ministry of defense and uh, uh, did a huge showcase for the military and also had uh, um, fighter jets uh, fly uh, above the stadiums. And, uh, you know, it, again, it is not the same culture in terms of uh, in, in the military versus uh, Taiwan versus the state. So, um, you know, flyovers are not usual. My first time seeing a flyover myself was Texas versus USC back in Austin in 2018. And that was my first time. I'm pretty sure people around me was, I mean, they were cheering, but I'm pretty sure that that wasn't their first. But for me, that was a, a pretty awesome sight to see, to witness for the first time. And looking back, I mean, I wasn't there. Um, I had to do a lot of catching up in terms of learning the history of the league this year. But, you know, looking back at the footage of, of, of you know, fighter jets flying over a baseball stadium in Taiwan, that was pretty special. So if I want to learn more about the uh, Chinese Professional Baseball League here in the United States, uh, where's the best place I can go? The CPBL Twitter page. Okay, uh, and that's at CPBL yes, on Twitter. Yes, and, 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 uh, and all the accounts that are doing CPBL, so including the Fubon Guardians, they're pretty active on Twitter. 11 Sports Taiwan, uh, they're, they're doing half the games in English um, for overseas fans. And um, you know, you know, we are trying to bring the CPBL to the world and uh, um, help you learn more about the league. Well, I know it's something. I'm going to be honest. I don't know a whole lot about it, but just watching some of the videos, it looks like it's a good old time going out to the ballpark. And like I said before, even if you don't like baseball, there's going to be something going on there that you're going to latch on to and enjoy and make you want to come back. Uh, yeah, real 90, quick, ninety-seven thousand followers on Twitter. That ain't shabby. Yeah, you're doing pretty good. That's like yeah. one twenty fifth. Yeah, yeah you got one more right now. Population. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but you know, they they were doing the league was doing a great job of uh, promoting the CPBL to Japan um, and Japanese. Uh, Twitter's also uh, popular in Japan, so um, uh, you know they've been uh, doing a lot of work uh, promoting the, the league and and using the Twitter as a platform. Um, and, uh, so, and this year, you know, they, they, they were trying to do a little bit more to the English speaking world as well. So, um, so we were able to grow a little bit from there, from that. Daniel, I had a quick question. If you don't mind, Tom, Go the, for it. the names, you mentioned a few names, but they, they change quite often. Why yes. is that? Um, uh, because the teams normally uh, you you will see that in a lot of Asian baseball teams the 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 teams 
are named after the the mother core, okay. uh, the, the corporation that the that's monster. funding the team. Uh, yeah, so even in Japan, uh, there's a Rakuten in uh, Rakuten the corporation. They 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 have a team in the MPB. Um, in the K, in the KBO, there's a Samsung team. Uh, there's a uh, you know so uh, yeah. there's a Lotte team as well. So um, and the, the, the you know the the corporation change a lot more frequently in the state uh, in Taiwan. Uh, uh, you know, there will be a corporation that will, that will be doing it for a couple of years, um, and then they will, you know, yeah. uh, transfer the team to somebody else. Um, so uh, that I mean, that's just a general vibe of the CPBL. Um, hopefully, it'll be a little bit more uh, uh, stabilized in the in the upcoming years. There, there is one more team coming in though uh, for the fifth Good. team of the of the league awesome. next year. So. Um, but do so they keep that, the, they keep the nicknames? They keep the monkeys, or or do they not change? necessarily? Okay, not necessarily. So the Fubon okay. Guardians, uh, I mean, their mother core is called Fubon, the Fubon core. Uh, before 2017, they were called the EDA Rhinos, um, <laughs> which is the core behind one of the largest uh, recreational uh, theme parks uh, in Taiwan. Okay. They were called the Ida Rhinos. Um, before that, they were called the Sinon Bulls. Uh, the Sinon was is a, uh, a pharmaceutical company uh, in Taiwan, um, uh, and uh, before that there was uh, the the Jingle Bears. Um, but I mean, and so and for the Rakuten monkeys, before Rakuten, they were called the Lamigo monkeys. Their their mother corporation was uh, Lanu, which is a, sh a shoe selling company in Taiwan. Uh, but they changed the name. They they changed the name in 2011. So before 2011, they were called the Lanu Bears. So the, the obviously the corporate core name corporation name was in the team. After 2011, they changed it to Lamigo Monkeys. But the the corporation the the the, the corporation that gave that was funding the team was the same. In 2019, uh, they you know they they decided to sell the team not because they you know they just decided to sell the team. Uh, they they still love baseball, and so they wanted to make sure whoever was buying the team. They, I mean, they love the team so much. They 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 just they wanted to make sure not only that the 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 team was staying in Taoyuan because they were the again, again they were the first team that that dedicated itself to a to a city. Right. Um, so they had a really good relationship with the municipal government. Uh, in Taoyuan. So they wanted to make sure not only the team was in Taoyuan, but they wanted to keep the monkey's name. And so they went from the Lamigo to the Raccoonan monkeys. Um, and so it really depends on the, yeah, on the uh, negotiations. The CTBC brothers, before they were, they, you know, CTBC is a bank in, in Taiwan. I think they bought the team in 2014. Correct me if I'm wrong in the comment section. Um, but <laughs> Um, before that, they were called the Brothers Elephants, and the the mother core for that one was uh, um, a, a hotel, the Brothers Hotel in downtown Taipei. Now they were one of the uh, they were one of the the founding members of the league, and the the CEO of the Brothers Hotel was one of the pioneers. They were he was dead set on um, putting together a league. And so that team was uh, is still one of the most popular teams in Taiwan. So when they were selling a team, obviously when they were negotiating with the CTPC Bank uh, Core, they were you know part of the contract or part of the uh, um, guarantee was that they had to keep the Brothers Elephant name. Okay. So it still I mean it just depends on yeah. the, the yeah. agreement. Yeah. Imagine yeah. if every year the Yankees had a different name. How, how do you think people will react to that here in the States? Yeah. No longer the Yankees. They're the, uh, the New York Bank of Americas or something. Or, or, how, or how about the Longhorns? How about the Longhorns changing that? No. Well, well Daniel, I want to thank you. Thank you yeah. very much for joining us today. It's been a lot of fun uh, getting to know you, chatting with you uh, literally halfway across the world in uh, the capital of Taiwan, uh, Taipei. One final thing. I do want to give you some love here. You also have a podcast, The Rants with Danny Shi. Uh, tell us about that podcast a little bit, what you do and how people can find it. Yeah, so uh, it's basically just a way for me to rant about sports stuff um 
uh, when the Sissy PPO started this season and moved um, to a lot of CPPL content and just me with a microphone yelling stuff um, and having people on. It's the rants part, right? <laughs> yes. Uh, before April, it was a lot of uh, Texas Longhorns, uh, um, the MLB. I'm a big Yankee fan. So Yankee stuff. Uh, uh, one of my first episode, which I don't think is on Spotify, I just – I saw the Kyler Murray situation. I just kind of had stuff to talk about. I just had thoughts in my head I wanted to um, talk about. So um, that's how I started. Uh, and I have guests on every single week. Most of the time, it goes on a long time, just like this podcast as well. Um, <laughs> and uh, uh, um, I had I some like cool. Logo. <laughs> yeah, I had. Yeah, the logo's awesome. I like the logo too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, and uh, I, I mean, I had some cool people coming on the show, uh, including former CPPL players and CPPL commentators. I'd love to have y'all on the show sometime in the future. Um, and uh, uh, you can find us on, as you can see, on on iTunes, Spotify, uh, Google Podcasts. If anybody out there is using Google Podcasts, I'm not sure more than ten people are using that. Um, <laughs> I hard. I heard radio. I'm on that too. Just got on there and nice. uh, uh, all kinds of podcasts, websites that you can find me on. So, well, well, Danny, uh, thank you very much again for joining us tonight. It was a lot of fun to learn about the Chinese Professional Baseball League, really? and, uh, and and also uh, great to learn about how a country correctly handled COVID nineteen to the point where you guys were able to pretty much play a full season with fans in the stands while we're just fingers crossed can get going underway here with our season here in a week. And I, I think a lot of the world can learn from what uh, Taiwan did in terms of handling this pandemic, jumping out in front of it before it even became an issue. And I think I, uh, according to worldometer.info, I think your active case count is five, which is, which is crazy Same. low. It, it's crazy. Like Taiwan has really killed it when it comes to handling this. And because of that, you got the stage right now. You and a few select other leagues over there, overseas. And uh, there's a lot of fun learning about it tonight. Thank you very much for joining us on the Tom Talks Baseball Podcast. Thanks for having me. Love and to be Lance, on soon. Yeah, you, you got it, man. We'll get you back on for sure. Yeah, yeah that was fun. <laughs> and uh, Lance Launder, host of the Sports Drive, thank you very much for joining us as well. And uh, we'll, if you like these interactive podcasts, let us know. Leave a comment on this video. We did the YouTube for the first time in uh, pretty much ever. Uh, I had one. I started it a while ago, but uh, I kind of got away from it. But uh, with this uh, being able to do the live podcast thing, I got the YouTube going again. If you're on Twitter and uh, don't have a Facebook, that's another place you can watch us. We got some comments from there tonight. So be sure to subscribe to that uh, YouTube page. Follow us on Twitter, Tom Talks BBP. Like us on Facebook, Tom Talks Baseball Podcast. Thanks again for watching. Until next time, I'm Tom Young. This has been the Tom Talks Baseball Podcast. Everybody have a good night or a good day, depending on where you're watching from. We'll talk to you again next time.